This is The Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world, from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as The Beat Generation. Welcome to a brand new season of The Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Media and Townsville's Triple TFM. The show got its name from the 50s and 60s writers that inspired so many musicians. Each week during season three, we'll take a look into albums that have changed our lives by artists that have changed the face of the musical landscape. A full song listing can be found at our Facebook page, forward slash music that changed the world. And make sure you check out our Instagram page, The Beat Generation Podcast. And a podcast of this show and past episodes can be found on Apple and Spotify, along with other great Bad Boys media shows, including The Bad Boys Unleashed and Secret Men's Business. Check out our shows, and if you like what you hear, then make sure you leave a review. So sit back, put your headphones on, crank up the dial, and journey with us this week in Episode 4, and a look at the David Bowie trilogy of albums that forever changed the way that we look at him, Hunky Dory, Ziggy Stardust, and Aladdin Sane. This is David Bowie, Life on Mars. Is their life on Mars? Welcome to the Beat Generation. I'm Shane Bryan, joined this season by my co-host Andrew Hackett. We're normally hosting the Bad Boys Unleashed together, but we thought we would jump on the Beat Generation this year to share some iconic albums with you. So, welcome to Beat Generation, Andrew. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I can't wait to get into this. You know, I. Uh, I love Bowie, but Bowie was a taste that I grew into. Yeah. And when I was younger, I, honestly, his stuff went over my head. Yeah, I think it did. I think a lot of uh, the music that we're going to hear now was really not massive when it was first released, but it grew on people and it became so iconic throughout the years. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get into it. There were many iconic periods in the life of Davy Jones, the least of which was his name change to David Bowie. There was the original Space Oddity, the Berlin Trilogy, the Thin White Duke, the New Romantic Period, and even more recently, just prior to his death, his Black Star Period. But nothing in my mind comes close to the three albums that marked his transformation into a transgender icon in Hunky Dory. Of course, that was then followed by Ziggy Stardust, which he ceremoniously killed and resurrected as Aladdin Sane. And it is these three albums that are so iconic in its influence in the early 70s, a prolific period where we were introduced to glam rock through the eyes of one of the best-selling artists of all time, the star man, David Bowie. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here to say that David Bowie owes his success to Bob Dylan, Andy Warhol and Lou Reed. Yeah, and, and a bit of a mismatch of artists. So how could they contribute to his success? Well, it was 1970 and the man who sold the world was a commercial flop. Bowie had stopped touring. He was facing contract problems with his publisher and manager. He was without a band. But a trip to the US, where his album was strangely more popular, inspired him to explore Dylan, Warhol and Reed who had all become hugely popular in the US. He wrote three songs, one of each, one for each of them, 
and upon his return to England, that inspiration caused him to churn out dozens of tracks that became the basis of both Hunky Dory and Ziggy Stardust. On its own, Hunky Dory was a flop, only selling 5,000 copies in the first quarter. But when followed up by Ziggy Stardust, the two albums began racing up the charts. You see, Bowie was essentially seen as a one-hit wonder. Space Odyssey was huge, but then there was a wilderness of no hits. And now he wanted the label to promote an album where he was wearing a dress. The label ceremoniously gave Hunky Dory no promotion, and it could have been the nail in the coffin if it wasn't for Life on Mars, the second single from Hunky Dory, backed by a new album where they discovered the Martian's name was Ziggy Stardust. And that's where David Bowie began his glam rock period, the point where Bowie actually became Bowie. He discovered his voice and his style, and Bowie released the album that has been critically acclaimed as one of his best works ever. The first single from the album was actually the one that the label refused to promote. The title says it all, Changes. Why promote Bowie when he was simply going to change his look again for Ziggy Stardust a few months later? It could have been seen as madness, starting off with a song that clearly tells the listener to get ready for changes. But the song was a statement of Bowie's purpose to be the chameleon of rock. It was the beginning of Bowie's reinvention, from Major Tom to Ziggy Stardust, Aladdin Sane to the Thin White Duke. If ever there was a song to describe Bowie's career, this is it. And this is where we start this week's look at Bowie on the Beat Generation. Changes from Hunky Dory. Still don't know what I was waiting for And my time was running wild A million dead end streets and Every time I thought I got it made It seemed the taste was not so sweet So I turned myself to face me But I've never caught a glimpse How the others must see the faker I'm much too fast to take that test Ch-ch-ch-change it Turn and face the strange change it Wanna be a richer man Just 
The Murmurings of Change actually begun six months earlier with the title song from The Man Who Sold the World. It wasn't so much the song itself, but the original cover which caused controversy, known as the Dress Album, people jokingly called the new record The Man Who Sold His Trousers. The song itself did nothing on its release. However, it's one of Bowie's most covered songs, with the most famous being Nirvana's version. The track is musical genius based around English instrumentalist Mick Ronson's circular guitar riff. The lyrics are haunting, and it's a perfect prelude into the sound that we would hear on Hunky Dory. This is The Man Who Sold the World, and you're listening to The Beat Generation. We passed up on the stairs. We spoke of what's and when was his friend which gave us some surprise I spoke into his eyes I thought you died alone a long long time ago I know Thank you. 
and welcome back to our look at David Bowie. There has always been a recurring theme by Bowie, Aliens, and this next song could have been the beginning of the many songs he recorded on the topic. Oh You Pretty Things is a mismatch of themes ranging from Nietzsche's concept of the master race, the homo superior, to the similarities between adolescent youth and alien invaders. It's this connection that I think he felt the strongest with, as Bowie himself said, he didn't know if he was writing the characters or the characters were writing him. This is Are You Pretty Things from Hunky Dory on the Beat Generation's look at Bowie's early years. Shake up your bed Put another log on the fire for me I made some breakfast and coffee Look out my window What do I see? A crack in the sky And a hand reaching down to me All the nightmares came today And it looks as though they're here to stay What are we coming to? No room for me, no fun for you. I'll think about a world to come where the books were found by the golden ones. Written in pain, written in all by a puzzled man who questioned what we were here for. All the strangers came today, and it looks as though they're here. Faces in golden rays Don't kid yourself, they belong to you They're the start of the coming race The others are bitch, we finished our news Homo sapiens have outgrown their use All the strangers came today And it looks as though they're here to stay Oh, you pretty things Stay in a lover's story If 
you stay, you won't be sorry, cause we believe in you. Soon you'll grow, so take a chance with a couple of cooks hung up on romancing. Will you stay in a lover's story? If you stay, you won't be sorry, cause we believe in you. Soon you'll grow, so take a chance with a couple of cooks hung up on romancing. Bought a lot of things to keep you warm and dry And a funny old crib on which the paint won't dry I bought you a pair of shoes A trumpet you can blow And a book of rules What to say to people when they pick on you Cause if you stay with us you're gonna be pretty cooking too Will you stay in our lover's story? If you stay, you won't be sorry Cause we believe in you Soon you'll grow, so take a chance With a couple of kooks hung up on romancing And if you ever have to go to school Remember how they messed up this old fool don't pick fights with the bullies or the cats Cause I'm not much cop at punching other people's dads And if the homework brings you down Then we'll throw it on the fire and take the car downtown Will you stay in my lover's story? If you stay, you won't be sorry Cause we believe in you Soon you'll grow so take a chance with a couple of cooks hung up on romancing. Will you stay in my lover's story? If you stay, you won't be sorry, cause we believe in you. Soon you'll grow, so take a That was Kooks from Hunky Dory. In 1971, David Bowie's newborn son arrived, Duncan Jones, or more sensationally known, as Zoe Bowie. Imagine if you called your son Zoe. <laughs> yeah, it's different, that's for sure. At the time, Bowie was listening to Neil Young, so the tribute track was very influenced by Young. Now a film director and comic book fan, Duncan spent most of his childhood growing up in Berlin, so he buried himself in science fiction and fantasy. Obviously, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, given his father's love of science fiction and aliens. And another source of inspiration for Bowie was his peers, and the great Bob Dylan was definitely one of the reasons why Hunky Dory was created. The song for Bob Dylan, yes, that is what it was called, references Dylan's 1962 homage to Woody Guthrie, Song for Woody. Yet while Dylan opens with, hey, hey, Woody Guthrie, I wrote you a song, Bowie addresses Dylan by his birth name, saying, now hear this, Robert Zimmerman, I wrote a song for you. So Bowie has since mentioned that the song was a roadmap for what he wanted to do in rock. It represented what the album was all about. Let's take a listen to Song for Bob Dylan from Hunky Dory on The Beat Generation. (laughs) 
was song for Bob Dylan. We will continue to look at Bowie's early years after this break. This is The Beat Generation. Hi, this is Shane. And Andrew from The Bad Boys. If you're after quality, hard-hitting journalism that matches four corners... News that'll keep the government and the people accountable for their actions... And current affairs that's more reliable than, well, a current affair... Then then that's that's not not us. us. Bad Boys Unleashed. Music. 
entertainment, celebrity interviews. And the only original Bad Boys news that makes 60 Minutes sound like the Muppets. Join me, him and bad girl Angie for the conversation that no one wants to have but everybody wants to hear. Bad Boys Unleashed, subscribe for free on Apple and Spotify. This is The Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world, from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as The Beat Generation. Welcome back to The Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Media and Townsville's Triple T FM. I'm Shane Bryan, joined by another member of The Bad Boys, Andrew Hackett, as we look into albums that have changed our lives by artists that have changed the face of the musical landscape. Make sure you check out our Facebook page, Music That Changed the World, and our Instagram page, The Beat Generation Podcast. Now, Shane, one song on Hunky Dory gave a clear indication to listeners where Bowie's future was heading. With a prominent piano solo by Rick Wakeman, Life on Mars was filled with surreal cut-up lyrics, a process we will take more of a look at shortly. And some have suggested it was a parody of Sinatra's My Way, given the liner notes which state inspired by Frankie. It wasn't released as a single until after Aladdin Sane's album, but it has since become one of Bowie's signature songs, highlighting the start of the Ziggy Stardust period. This is Life on Mars, and you're listening to The Beat Generation. It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair But her mummy is yelling no And her daddy has told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a sad thing for For she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools As they ask her to focus on To the Norfolk Broads 
Blue Britannia is out of bounds To my mother, my dog and clowns But the film is a sad thing for Cause I wrote it ten times or more It's about to be writ again As I ask you to focus on Six months prior to the release of The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, Bowie hit the charts with a song that finally gave him the boost he was looking for. It was his first hit since Major Tom hit the airwaves and was inspired by Robert A. Heinlein's novel of the same name. If the tune of the chorus sounds similar, it's because it is loosely based on the format of Wizard of Oz, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Starman was a symbol of hope to the Earth. He was Ziggy Stardust, the alien that was about to save the world. To launch the song, Bowie's first official TV appearance of Ziggy Stardust was Top of the Pops. He was dressed in a bright rainbow jumpsuit, red hair and astronaut boots. It changed people's lives. Even Gary Newman has said that it was a pivotal moment in British music that must have taken immense courage to do it. Starman was a hit and Ziggy Stardust was officially born.
Ziggy Stardust took the music industry by complete surprise, and along with it came its sexual ambiguity, something which Bowie hinted at with Hunky Dory. And he gained the attention of other artists who were promoting LGBTQI ideals, inspired by Iggy Pop, Lou Reed and Mark Bolan. Ziggy saved the earth. He was the rock and roll messiah who only had five years to live, So he wins the hearts of teens, scares parents, seduces everyone in his path and eventually dies a victim of his own fame. The opening track on the album, Five Years, introduces the overarching theme of the album. An impending apocalyptic disaster will destroy the earth in five years and the being who will save it was the bisexual alien rock star named Ziggy Stardust. While the first two verses are told from a child narrator, the third is from Bowie, who addresses the listener directly. As the track progresses, it builds intensity before climaxing with strings and Bowie screaming the title. Ironically, it was five years from Hunky Dory to Station to Station, the moment that Bowie became the rock and roll idol that he's known as today. This is five years, the opening track for Ziggy Stardust on The Beat Generation. Many mothers sighing News had just come over We had five years left crying News guy wept and told us Earth was really dying Cried so much his face was wet Then I knew was not lying I heard telephones opera house favorite melodies song boys toys electric irons and TVs a brain hurt like a warehouse it had no room 
Bowie was a massive follower of the Beat Generation, in particular, William S. Burroughs. During an interview between Burroughs and Bowie, the Starman explained how he used the Beat Poet's cut-up method to write. Anyone acquainted with the work of William S. Burroughs will recognise that term, which refers to the process of literally cutting up existing texts in order to generate new meanings with their rearranged pieces. This is the way I do cut-ups. I don't know if it's like the way Brian Geisen does his or... or Barrows does his, I don't know. But this is the way I do. 
I've used this method only on a couple of actual songs. What I've used it for more than anything else is igniting anything that might be in my imagination. I mean, it can often come up with very interesting uh, attitudes to look into. I tried doing it with diaries and things, and I was finding out amazing things about me and what I'd done and where, where I was going. And a lot of the things that I'd done, it, it seemed that it would predict things about the future or tell me a lot about the past. It's really quite an astonishing thing. I suppose it's a very Western tarot. I don't know. Anyway, let's see what happens. Burrow's method was employed in Moon Age Daydream with random lines like I'm an alligator, I'm a space invader, I'm a mama papa coming for you. A perfect way to introduce Ziggy Stardust, an exotic hybrid of rock's past and mankind's future. I'm an alligator, I'm a mama papa coming for you. I'm a space invader, I'll be a rock and roll
The Ziggy Stardust album has become iconic and possibly Bowie's finest creation and spawned a tour that started in the UK in 1972 and allowed Bowie to share his love of acting. Scared that Ziggy and Bowie's own persona were becoming inseparable, he created Aladdin Sane and during the tour released Aladdin Sane, Bowie's first number one album. Yet Ziggy Stardust was becoming so big that Bowie started to become affected. In July 1973, Bowie ceremoniously killed Ziggy Stardust and shocked audiences and fans. Next week, we'll be diving into the tour and why Bowie had to separate himself from his titular character. 
That's next week on the Beat Generation's look at Bowie's early years. But to take us out, a song that is critically acclaimed as the ultimate rock and roll song. Suffragette City from the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. I'm Shane Bryan. And I'm Andrew Hackett, and this has been The Beat Generation. Just put my spine out